thunderstorm warnings are out so I've just been driving through them um, hopefully uh, Kenzie and Betty uh, let me know if there's too much background noise because I'm broad I'm podcasting today from Starbucks in Kennett Square the mushroom capital of the world and also um, the home of uh, some famous artists yes yes and also Chad's Ford Winery and Longwood Gardens is not too far from here. So this is actually a really beautiful part of our lovely Commonwealth. If you have a chance to come visit, I highly encourage it. Um, thanks, Kenzie, for letting me know. It's almost like you're sitting right next to me at Starbucks, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it is. <laughs> I'm having a nice tea, which makes it nice. Lovely. And I'm having a iced vanilla latte. You Thank go. you, Betty. If it gets really bad, I will mute it. You know, sometimes when they like have to steam the machines and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Kenzie says, no more coffee today. She has to get her water in. Good for you. Keep hydrated, Kenzie. God bless you. God bless you. I need that too. But we're actually. Uh, Driving to Baltimore, we have a very early flight to St. Louis, Missouri tomorrow for work. Yes, I'm very excited. I have a love affair with the And I think we just lost. Oh, there she is. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that lightly. There she is. Can so, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, I also Good. have to apologize. Uh, my podcast music is on Spotify, and I had to replace my card not too long ago, and I think I forgot to replace the card on Spotify for the premium. So, if you hear commercials, that's what that's about. So, I understand so, that tell us our dear SR is looking at video footage of actors. I'm so excited by this. I just want to say, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you want to pass any along? I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quiet and I'll give you a yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> Since I'm not in the Gandhi Brigade or the Cabal Brigade. So... Mm. Nice well, I love both of them, but I'm in the reality brigade. Yes. <laughs> That's about it. 
So we it also is exciting. have um, uh, Nina's book coming out. Is it this Tuesday or next Tuesday? Coming up? August 20th. August 20th. August That's... 20th. Nina book, Nina's book is coming out, and there is a special promotion. Uh, actually, there's a contest, I think, on Goodreads, if I'm yes, recalling. Is. is that right? That is correct. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to reading her book. Let's our dear our dear friend Nina Bachi. I cannot wait. I, I loved her book that she wrote with Alice Clayton. Oh, that was um, I absolutely adored that, and I'm excited that Nina has her own uh, series coming out. So because I think this book is the first book of a series, if I'm. I think it correctly. is too. I think it is. Mm-hmm. So. And and Betty, uh, she's saying you're. Uh, Pam, a.k.a. Professor Picton, Betty is. And Kenzie says uh, she saw that Tosca was scouting locations, and mm-hmm. she's pretty positive it was U of T. Before we know it, it will be October. Consensus. That yes. was U of T. And I, also, I am very excited by that. I also added pictures tagging her of Julia's house from when we were in Toronto. I know. We need, we should we should put that street address out there for Tosca too. Well, it's in the book. Know. Just oh, I know it. it's in the book, but I was just going to say to tell Pop Tosca, hey, you could actually use this location. <laughs> I bet the fraternity would like uh, some of the fees. Uh, that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they would. <laughs> and also for those, just as an FYI, those who were founding members who started in September of 2017. Um, the email came out today for renewal as an FYI. Ah, so, very good. So that, yes. That has to be renewed before September 1st, I think. So, so that, means, that means the good stuff's coming after September 1st, right? Well, you know, they're already talking about uh, not just the Gabriel, but I think there's um, the Will and one other that I know that are definite within their mm-hmm. filming schedule right now. Um, I don't know how that bodes for the ones that are coming down the road. Right. So. Kenzie says she's thinking about becoming a founding member today. So It's $100, and I think you get a two-year membership. Mm-hmm. I'm still in. I'm still in that period because I I didn't join as I think you guys all knew. I was very delinquent. I kept pushing it off. I kept trying. Well, I had to download. Now. I had to download some special program when they first went on online, and I think I don't know where I was. I don't know whether it was in England, France, or Italy at the time. And mm-hmm. You had to go in and test it, and then give your support back in order to have it done properly so mm-hmm. but it was done anyhow so that's Very all cool. that's the good news plus of course mm-hmm. the book coming out in January I cannot wait for book four this is going to be the best I can't he, wait he just keeps topping himself you know oh I know I know he does and I, you know, he also mentioned in the chat a couple of weeks ago about doing something with Nicholas and Carson. So. I know that makes me very excited. I, as we've all discussed on this podcast, there are so many ways you could 
go, so many directions, so many storylines that could be really taken from reality on the, the, the arc of the characters of Nicholas and Acacia. You can just go in so many directions and I think it would be great fun. Ozzy and Harriet of the spy world. <laughs> exactly. Um, so as, ter- as as far as the passion flick is going, um, Kenzie's also looking for the brother's honor, which I have not read, but I would like to. And she thinks it is worth the money. I think too, um, Kenzie, if you like to, um, if you like to, you know, um, live stream or watch video on your um, computer or phone, it's really worth it because there is always great, great content there. Classic films as well as uh, the books that are being made into movies. So, really, really, I think I think it's a really great concept. I, they also have done some uh, language translation, uh, either by um, subtitles or voiceover. I'm not sure. Not everything is. Uh, John Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. With all my, I really did love John Steinbeck. And uh, he kind of helped my social justice conscious when I was younger. So yes. I read this article where when he was in Paris, and it was not long before he died, about a short story he wrote about based on a restaurant in Paris. And it's called Le Du Negos, and that's the actual restaurant, and it's in the Place Saint Germain part of Paris, mm-hmm. which is the left bank side. But the um, <laughs> the restaurant is called the Amiable Flea in his short story, and it talks about a chef who wants to become a Michelin starred uh, restaurateur and how his cat is closely connected with that. The cat tastes everything. Oh, that's cool. And if the cat likes it, then it goes, you know, that's what will go out on the menu and what have you. Something happened where the chef kicked the cat. cat, she runs out, is down in a, an alley. And, and, and now who comes walking into the restaurant but a Michelin star uh, reviewer and he, and he can't get the cat so that he can get the food to the reviewer to hopefully get that um, star. So I asked SR if he'd ever been to that particular restaurant, which he had not. But it, I thought the story was so cool because it was so unlike Steinbeck and how he writes and what he writes about. And I just got the biggest kick out of it. So, any that, sound, 
I would like to read that. That sounds really good. I would like to find it. Uh, it was a New York Times article that I found the, the, uh, the name of the restaurant and everything. So that would be a lot of fun to find out. Yes. Um, Kenzie actually mentioned, and I will be muting because our the volume in here just jumped. Um, but Kenzie had a question, and you might know it. Um, she asked if you can only be an extra if you are... Can you only be an extra if you are a founding member? Sorry if she misunderstood. I'm just beyond happy for SRE truly deserves this. You know, Kenzie, I'm not really sure. I I know that the founding members are the ones that get the um, notice about, do you want to come to the set? Do you want to do this, that, or the other thing? And it's a Google document that comes along. Uh, I... Being a founding member for everything that every movie that they've done so far, I've gotten this email. Uh, I'm happy to forward it to anybody who else want, might want it. Uh, you, that might be something that you ask uh, Passion Flicks about uh, as far as the actual, if you must be a founding member. Because, um, I, to be honest with you, I'm assuming it is, but I don't know. So I would check with them. So I think that's a good suggestion. Um, and Karen is actually in the car. She also said that it's a cool book. So she's had her hands on that before. And I wanted to mention that Betty's saying that she needs, we all need more books from Nicholas and Acacia. They are just too good to give up. Right. And I believe it. Um, yeah, Karen says, uh, Kenzie's going to check. And Karen says, you would probably need to be in the Actors Guild if you aren't um, being able to do this. I know, Karen, you can do you can do some walk-on work, but it has to be very limited, very strict parameters. But um, Or in the area for open call extras. Yes. Mm -hmm. Karen knows, because Karen's a performer. That's true. Um, and, you know, I had a number, I don't know if you ever remember the Russell Brand movie, Get Me to the Greek or Get Him to the Greek. Yep. Apparently, um, one of the, like, Access Hollywood or Extra or ET, one of those shows, had a contest about uh, the movie. And I used to volunteer with this woman uh, who actually put her name in and won this thing so she was if you if you've ever seen the movie um where russell brand is i guess talking to somebody but they're in uh, the airport like in a lounge or a restaurant and she's in she's in the background there uh and just she didn't have a speaking part she was just there and her part did not go on the cutting room floor so that was pretty cool. But, and she said that she had a, a great time with that. Uh, when they did it for her, they brought, they picked her up in a limo. Uh, I believe it was filmed at um, either LaGuardia or JFK in New York. But they took her to the airport. Uh, she had makeup. And now she was a woman who liked her um, uh, spray net extra crispy hold, I guess you could call it, and when she would do her hair. Uh, it wasn't the 80s hair, but it was more like the 60s bouffant style because she was an older woman. And uh, 
there was enough hairspray there that she wouldn't need a helmet if she played football. Um, I so love that description. <laughs> um, so they, they, you know, so, but they did everything for her, and she said it was a great experience. She loved doing it, and uh, couldn't wait to, you know, to see what would come out on film for. So something very limited like that, you know, I believe that would be okay for for uh, uh, all of us that do not have a Screen Actors card, a Guild card, or a member of AFTRA. So. Well, and Kenzie had asked um, uh, probably a dumb question, and Kenzie, I'm of the school that there are no dumb questions. Um, so I'm always happy that you ask. Never feel it's dumb. We, we want to hear what you're thinking. And she said, do you have to audition to be an extra? And Karen actually is correct. You do not have to audition. You just have to fit the look. I know a lot of times they will just want you to come by so you can see the build and what you, you know, what you, what you look like, your opinions, all that kind of stuff, just to get a sense. Um, a lot of times if it's for a larger crowd scene, they might not be as specific, but they might have in mind that, oh, they want you to be the person who passes by um, the main actor carrying a green purse, you know. It, you just don't know what the vision is, but I, I know you definitely don't have to audition for that. No, Kenzie, I think you'd be perfect for like a student because you're you would be around this right age. Uh, oh my gosh, Kenzie, you could classroom. be in the scene. You could be in the classroom scene. You could be in the epic, the epic fight. The fight scene. You could be a student sitting there. That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be fun. So, yeah. So I mean, you know, like I said, we'll deal with that when when the time comes. And as I said. To Kenzie, I'll pass along the email that I get with the Google Doc for anybody who wants to sign up for it. Touch wood, I'll have the money for it then, and I'll be able to do it myself. So, who knows? So, we'd, so we don't keep um, Leslie too long at the Starbucks, and, and I can't believe how bad the rain is coming down right now. Uh, <laughs> one, one, we'll get back to the story. We know that um, Acacia has uh, been rescued by a, a Israeli officer, and um, you know, they're, they're talking, talking about her father, and you know how did he pick find her, and, and all this stuff, finding out if she's hurt. Uh, the Mossad officer is, or he, she asked if he is a Mossad officer. He says that he's an ex. And uh, he's checking her for injuries and decides he starts going to speak Arabic with her as well as um, English, I guess, because there is another English officer there. Uh, so she's take, you know, she's talked, then she mentioned about her father and that uh, her father taught, thought Nicholas was Mossad. And uh, he goes off and somebody goes and starts calling, I guess, to let them know. And he assured her that if uh, they really thought she was Mossad, she would have been tortured and probably sold to the highest bidder for some sort of 
I assume the sex trafficking ring uh, to be passed around. So that's where we are. Yes, and the officers asked, what are you saying? And he said, she's giving me beauty tips. And, they, you know, he was responding in English then because they were curious what they were speaking about. And they all started laughing. And then the officer asked her in Arabic, what are your injuries? And Acacia told him a concussion. Um, the head wound was serious. Blunt porch trauma to her lower back. And she thought that they had hit her with a rifle butt. Uh, when they kidnapped her. The Israeli shifted in his seat and moved the rifle in his lap. Three military vehicles sped past them in the other direction. The Israeli said that they would not be much left when they are done. And she asked, who are they? And he responded, the Syrian special forces. So Akasi had remembered telling Nicholas about her intelligence that had she had acquired he had acquired about her father, and she told him about the Damascus bombing. And Nicholas noted that he did not have it in his files. She covered her mouth when she realized that she had been the one to give him the info. She asked if the Syrians were going to kill everyone in the compound, but the Israeli did not know the rules of engagement. He just wasn't sure she was going to be sick again. But the Israeli had her put her head between her legs and he was being very careful of her wound, but he was trying to help her so she wouldn't be um, sick. He also told her to breathe through her nose. So he's a very calming, very friendly uh, uh, champion, really, of her and trying to help her through this tough time. He kept his hand resting between her shoulders as they, as they continued. And she put the guilt and horror aside and solely concentrated on her breathing. So this is... I thought this was really great because that's our kind of highlights in, in a way. He's highlighting how meditation can help you calm down when you're in the midst of a traumatic experience. Um, she was visualizing her emotions like waves that crashed over onto the floor in the Humvee. In her mind's eye, she watched them recede. So she was trying to calm herself down, and the Israeli soldier whispered to her, Look, it's either you or them. And when it is, you have to choose yourself. He lowered his head, so he was eye level with her. He wanted her to be really engaged on this point. Um, he kept his hand on her back and, you know, was very serious with her. And he said, you have to do this every time. And Acacia was upset. You know, she didn't want anyone to die. He then said that they chose their fate when they kidnapped her and killed her bodyguard. The, those types of actions have consequences. and They can't just bomb people and turn around and expect judicial process. That is not justice. So again, SR is having this meditation. Again, there's this whole continuing discussion on what is justice um, and what is the right way to go. He's very good at doing that. Yeah. And in fact, Pam, I'm going to ask you to continue on from here because it's getting very loud. Okay. So her breathing was the only thing that was keeping her tethered to the moment. Every, everyone wants justice, but does every, anybody really know what justice is when you think about it? Um, the Humvee had picked up speed, made a sharp turn, and the Israeli removed his hand. Uh, she lifted her head and she could see lights in the distance. 
with several armed men around a jet. There is your ride, the officer said. The Humvee pulled alongside the plane. The Israeli helped her out of the car and escorted her to the plane. Her legs shook and she stumbled, and a man stood at the foot of the staircase that rose into the plane, Rick. Without a word, she had walked over to him and wrapped her arms around his waist. To her surprise, he gave her a big bear hug, and which I thought was great because, you know, they, the two of them were, she really didn't like him in the beginning, and it, just this calming person that she knew being there, I'm sure, was very assuring to her. I love that, too, because I was kind of wondering if Rick was going to show up in, in this rescue sequence. Like, he hadn't been there when they broke into her room to, to actually extract her. And I was really, it was so intense, and I was wondering if Rick was going to reveal himself. Because um, I kind of was hoping he would, even though they had that rocky relationship. Yeah. Um, and even though he said he didn't really care, uh, you kind of knew he did. Like there's there's a part of him at some level that did. Yeah, and I, and was, I, I just I, I just loved I loved that the bear hug was just perfect. Yeah, and I think he was actually thinking that maybe, uh, or she was actually thinking at the time that, you know, it's just another one of his girls or whatever. And you know, he didn't really know what their relationship was going to end up being like. I think that's an excellent point because until Acacia, there were kind of like this these faceless women who were kind of in and out of his life. It wasn't really um, there wasn't really a true relationship, um, and I think that is an excellent point. So, so her tears started. She didn't think she would she would be so happy to see him, and he told her, "I'm sorry, we're late." The Israeli told her that she had had a concussion, a head wound, facial bruising, lacerations, blunt trauma to her lower back. She also vomited on the way out. He was very stoic, and Acacia had forgotten that he was there. She turned around and thanked him, and she thanked all the men that came in. And, you know, she was still worried about Innes, and she apologized for that. And uh, when the officer stepped forward and said he would be fine, he shook Rick's hand and said, uh, you need to get out of here and you need to get out of here now. So they, uh, Rick nodded, got a Cassia on the plane. He took the suitcase and shut the door. So Cassia is looking all around the cabin. And she turned to Rick and said, he didn't come. And, you know, like she's half expecting Nicholas to be there. I was expecting him to be there. I'm telling you, I really thought he would be there when, that, <laughs> when they, she got to the plane. I also was afraid when I was reading it, since it was such an intense scene, mm -hmm. I was really afraid when he said, you guys got to get out of here. I was afraid there was going to be one other obstacle. Like someone else from the compound was going to come out of the shadows and like try and take you know take out the I, I thought they were going to take out the kind Israeli soldier and you know I thought there was going to be another bit of drama so I was really happy and relieved like I was I was catching my breath when they got to the plane yeah yeah me too uh, but and I didn't know I wasn't sure I mean that you, you'd think he would be there but um, yeah and as Karen says she thinks Rick keeps himself in check especially in his line of work 
being ex-military, you lose and you see so much. And Kenzie also agreed with, uh, she had the same kind of ex reaction that I did. Mm -hmm. So, um, he, he said, he told her that, uh, that, sh that he wouldn't be there. Um, he, he, Acacia added, but he sent you for me. So Rick not, well, nodded and looked uncomfortable. And I think it was, you know, uh, kind of mixed feeling uncomfortable. Yes, I'm here um, to protect you. And, uh, but I'm like, you know, no, cover my face type of thing. The military part of him, ex-military. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, and, Acacia then told told him that her father thought Nicholas was Mossad, that she had to warn him. And Rick was surprised and asked, your father mentioned Mossad? And, and then Rick cursed, pulled out his phone, pushed a number, and sort of walked away. And there's this woman that comes along, and she's in medical scrubs from the back of the plane. And her name is, she introduced herself as Dr. Bucci from... Geneva, and I hope I pronounced that right. I'm not good with umlauts. Um, and let's take a look. So she sits down on a slow couch, and she turned to look out the window. And the light provided to make a makeshift uh, landing strip. And the soldiers gathered around with Humvees, and they would, she said a prayer of thanks and for those who had rescued her. And before taking a moment to mourn the loss of life of her father's compound, uh, whoever kills a soul. It's as if he had slain mankind entirely. And whoever saves one, it's as if he had saved mankind entirely. And she recited that, recited that word in her head uh, from the Quran, and a tear fell. I just thought that was a beautiful way to end that chapter. Yeah. With that, that image of that tear, like, streaking down her face. Um, it was so... It was so moving. You know, she had been such an advocate for finding a way out without violence and the fact that, and without taking a life. And the fact that she had to take a life in order to defend her own, yeah, I think, shredded her. Oh, I'm um, sure it did. Karen was saying she was holding her breath when they got on the plane. And Kenzie said, yeah, I know, right? It was like, go! Oh, get, get. And she said it was a really, really sad ending of the chapter. I agree. I think it was that emotional intensity, though, because, you know, first of all, the chapter was a real roller coaster to begin with. And then, and, you know, as they wound down, this is where the very beginning of the processing and the reconciliation of what just happened and, and the realization and the reality of what happened is just starting to seep into her psyche. And I think it was just, again, I do sound like a broken record, um, beautifully written. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just really, really evoking a lot of emotion, um, as SR is apt to do. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, the other thing is you we were comparing last week, you know, the different religions, Christianity, Judaism, and, and Muslim, Islam. And... One of the things that I can remember, I don't know if anybody saw Schindler's List. There was a line in Schindler's List about when you save one life, you save a generation. 
And that sort of goes along with the with the saying from the Quran. Yeah, absolutely. That has the parallels. But yeah. you know, we've talked before that most of the tenets of um, of all world religions have, have center around a couple main themes, and there are there is a lot of commonality. Um, and as Kenzie said, that movie everyone should watch it. And yes. she also said uh, of Akasia at the end, she said the adrenaline left her, so all of her emotions just hit her at once. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. That's very true. Um, and yeah, the fact that Schindler's List is based on true events is just overwhelming and palpably um, emotional. Yeah, and that's you know I think that's the importance of art, right? A lot of times art reminds us of of reality and of the lessons we, we can should learn. be learning and can learn um, about humanity. So yeah, it's it's really really powerful. And Karen says she agrees. Um, and it could not have ended any other way. Um, so really, really powerful stuff. Ladies, I cannot believe we are through chapter 50. And speaking of 50, I'm going to be 50 in three months from today. <laughs> I'm very excited. And you're going to be in Hawaii for that, I'm sure. I am. Well, actually, I'm going to be in Hawaii a little bit before that. I'm in because I'm traveling with my travel mates. One turns 50 September 15th. One turns 50 October 15th. And then I turn 50 November 7th. So we're actually going to be in Hawaii for my friend Chris Reese's um, 50th birthday. So we're going to try and do a birthday luau. That'll be fun. Which would be really, really fun. Uh, Karen says, welcome to the club. I'm getting there, Kevin. Karen, I'm getting there. Uh (laughs) And Kenzie says, jealous. I've always wanted to see those mountains in real life. You will, my dear. You will. will. My big surprise comes this year. I get my Medicare card. (laughs) Well, that's a gift. (laughs) That's the gift that keeps giving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am being reminded daily by my brother-in-law. Medicare card come yet? Medicare card come yet? I said, no, I'm not 65 yet. So, anyway. You have some time before that. Yeah. I still have time to uh, do whatever I want to do and how I want to do it. So, and then. That's that's your prerogative. And that's that's what's so exciting about um, being able to connect with people and connect with friends and share. Um, I think that's one of the things I love so much about this podcast and with our community. Aw, did you see what Betty just wrote? Her blessedness was conceived in Hawaii. Oh, how nice. <laughs> that's so sweet. I was conceived in New York. We like to say my daughter was conceived in Puerto Rico on our honeymoon. It was close. Honeymoon baby. It is so sweet, and what a what a wonderful story. Mm-hmm. Something to look forward to when the blessedness gets to be a certain age. 
Well, you were That's conceived right. in Hawaii. Mom, <laughs> oh, Dad, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. And, and Betty, thank you. She said this has been such a fantastic discussion of today's chapter. It really, you know, this was a powerful one. And um, SR, SR definitely wants, uh, you know, writes writes these types of scenes really well. Oh, I, you know, when we were talking all about this uh, before we, before last week even, I had emailed SR um, just for I, just general idea on something. And I, I, I said to him, I said, you know, this, this chapter was incredible. The, the pace of it, the suspense of it, um, and it would be a chapter that would look really good on screen. <laughs> so, you know, you can, I, I can just see the, the Humvees going along the desert, the plane, the plane getting ready to take off, them running in to get her. And yes, I think that would be a really, really good one. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Kenzie. Her cat just freaked out I when she that. heard the. <laughs> my cat, my one cat is outside, probably a drowned rat at the moment. My other cat's one cat is hiding, and the other one's trying to get into my skin, as Walter is trying to crawl even further under my shoes, so that he can hide with the thunder and lightning. So, anyway, gang, um, I'm gonna let us go. It's a little early, I know, but uh, I know that you've got to get to Baltimore and the storm's getting uh, worse as, uh, as we go along. So I just want to... Well, be safe, my dear. Uh, we be will. safe. We will. I cannot um, wait to connect with you guys again next week. Um, it will be a great discussion of Chapter 51. Mm -hmm. And you know we'll be we'll be a week out from uh, the release of Nina's book, so yes, I we're think good, to that. good things all around. That's true. That's right. That's true. All so, right. Be safe, everybody. You too. Um, and safe flight. And uh, thank we'll, you. We'll talk to you all next week. That sounds great. Have a good night. Have a ladies. wonderful week, everyone. And this is uh, Annie Ducross, and uh, she is a wonderful jazz singer from France. So enjoy.